Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to come before you and to gather around your word. We pray, Father, that your word will continue, Father, to touch us and, Lord, that you will speak to us, that you will feed us, that you will change us, that you will mold us, and that you will speak to us in the way that you need to, Lord. Lord, you see every heart, you see every life, you see every circumstance. And Father, I'm praying that you will speak into every circumstance and every life and every individual. And Lord, that we will not be the same. Lord, we don't want to be the same. Lord, we want, to, we want change in our hearts and in our lives. And so, Father, we look to you this morning in the name of Jesus. We pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So this morning we are going to continue. I, I, I was trying to finish off the, the, <laughs> our identity in Christ last year. But um, I'm going to try and finish it off today. And we're going to look at the, the final aspect of what we was looking at the last time. We was looking at the signs of, of, of how you may be losing your identity. Signs of how you and I may be losing your identity. Before that, we looked at what our identity was. We looked at the four ways how we can have our identities change our lives. And we was looking even at what identity is etc and identity as we all know is so important if you don't have your identity you won't know who you are everything in life will start to push you around you will start to um, look at you look at yourself in, in fact the, the true purpose as to why you exist will not come to fruition. You'll just, just, just exist and just, like for example, a, a, a chair. Could you imagine someone trying to drive a chair on the road? That would be ridiculous. It's the same kind of thing. If we don't really truly understand our purpose and our identity, walking into your identity will help you to face different things appropriately as well. Because you remember, Jesus knew his identity. And because he knew his identity, he knew his purpose. He knew the reason why he was here. And he walked in that. He was able to function appropriately. So we looked at knowing our rights and privileges. We looked at, um, our, we have authority. We looked at, we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It's not a feeling thing. It's a spiritual thing. It's, it's what the scripture says, who we are. And we just stand in that position and in that right. And as we stand in that position, in that right, we have to recognize it's not a feeling. We're not standing in a feeling. Because you know what we are like as humans at times? We, 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 we reside in that feeling realm. The Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. And the thing that 
to help change that thing of feeling that we start to, at times, we, we try to hold on to is when we speak, is when we declare, is when we utter the word. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So when you start to speak and you start to declare, your emotions, your feelings start to change. You start to come into it and you start, when you start to think what and to um, meditate on what the word says, who you are, you will start to change and become in, in line with what the word says. So the last time, we, I said there was only five. There's only, uh, well, what I've got here. But please, there are, it's, this is exhaustive. And I chose these five because this is what I really felt. And these five things are the five signs of us losing our, our, our identity. And I said the first thing was our personal devotional time being dwindled. Now, every single one of us here have personal devotional times. And as, as I said the last time, some of us have it for hours. Some of us have it for 30 minutes. We're all at different places. But whatever stage we are at, we are developing our walk with the Lord. We are developing our time with him. And as we spend time with him, we are in his presence and as we're in his presence, he begins to show us things about ourselves. And as we're in his presence, he begins to show him ours, uh, show him what he's like. Because we have to get to know Christ. This, this is all what it's about, you know. It's not just us being changed. We have to get to know him. As we are in his presence, we get to see his loving kindness and his tender mercies, and we understand how concerned he is about the things that we are concerned about. You know, sometimes it may appear to be very small to us, but God is concerned about that. He's so concerned, and as we're in his presence, he will start to unfold things about your life, about your journey, about the steps you are to take. But we have to be bold enough to do it at times. And at times it's, it's tough. But when we do that in faith, as we do it in faith, he'll start to give you the strength. Because this is why the scripture says how we have to grow in grace. Every single one of us, it's important that we, every single day, Father, I thank you for the grace that, so that I can live. And as you grow in grace, he will start to help you every step of the way. So being in his presence, and we were talking about this devotional time, how we're so sacred, how we're so important, how the enemy hates us having this devotional time. Because this devotional time is where the true life of the spirit comes. This is where the enemy sees that, when we are plugged into the source, then there's a problem because it's going to cause a problem for him. Because we are then receiving from the very life of God. We're actually being like Christ on the earth because 
we are tapping into the source and the enemy doesn't want that. So when we see that our, our, our devotional time, our time in the word, our time in prayer is starting to dwindle and there's been a, we are under attack, we said the last time. And so if we are, if this is being attacked, we have to take drastic action, drastic action. It's, it's, it's like a flood coming in your house. You, you take drastic action to stop the flood from coming in. There's a, a flood where the enemy, the Bible says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord raises a standard. We've got to raise a standard and ensure that the enemy does not attack our spiritual lives. That we do everything we can. We pull in all the resources we can to stop, to prevent. Even when it's feeding on the word. Feeding on the word is not easy at times. At times you fall asleep. I do. But you just get the word. Hear the word. Feed off the word. Let the word of God, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, the Bible says in Colossians. Let it feed your spiritual man. Because just as our natural man has been fed, our spiritual man needs to be fed. As you spend your time in devotion. We mentioned that the last time. And we mentioned that as soon as you and I give our hearts to Christ, we enter into a spiritual battle. I always remember that when I was, I was mentioning it to somebody sometime, when I was their very, their very first lesson, I said, now that you've come to Christ, You've entered into a spiritual battle. And I had to break it down to uh, enlighten them. That is, this is not a, a, a physical battle that we are entering in. This is a spiritual battle where the enemy will do all he can to stop you. In your, not only your purpose. If he can't stop you in you giving your heart to Christ, he'll try to stop in your purpose. He'll try to stop you. In your pursuit for Christ, he'll try to stop you in your fellowship with him. So it's a spiritual warfare that we, we have embarked upon. And we mentioned the last time that we have um, this time in the presence of God. It's a time to worship him. It's a time to express our gratitude and our love towards our king and our maker, and our Lord. The second thing that we mentioned was that our belief systems keep on shifting. Now, the Bible says in, in, in the book of Psalms that we have to examine, no, in, in, in the epistles, that we need to examine ourselves Constantly, that if we are in the faith. So I want us to use this time to examine our hearts. Examine. See if any of these things apply to us. Because when, as I was going through this, I saw many things that I need to address. Because the times that we're in is really, really dangerous. And if we're not doing what is required of us, 
will be taken by the tide. As I mentioned before in, in my previous time, that there are 4,200 religions in this world, which equates to 4,200 potential false beliefs that could come and enter. And then we could then mix it with the things of the, of the word. And at times, this happens. And I gave the example of when somebody comes and asks different ones. I've, I've heard it in, in, in different circles. They'll say, oh, how are you doing? Oh, good, bye. All, all good, you know, all, knock, knock on wood. And they have to make sure they find some wood to make sure that what they're saying is complemented. And that is called superstition. And we looked at that and we said, and, and not only that, but then you have people who talk about stars, star signs. One time, I, I, I don't, it wasn't a TikTok, it was an Instagram. I saw this, this woman, she was doing this dance. So I do, I, she said, I, I, you know, I, I, um, I do this for a living. And I have this for a living. And then she says, this is my, this is my star sign, Capricorn. I thought, whoa. This is what she believed. This was what was in her belief system. So even if she believed in God or not, she, she made sure that she emphasized my star sign is Capricorn. And the Bible speaks a lot about star signs, how it is an abomination unto God. And when we adhere to star signs, saying, oh, I have to get together with this person because they're my star sign. Or, oh, I well, can't go for the, for the Libra. No, they're, they're, no, a bit dodgy. No, 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 no. We don't look to star signs to gather our, um, our pursuit for life and our pursuit for our partners, whatever. We look to the word of the Lord. We look to him. And when there is a mixture of bringing in star signs and bringing in superstitions, that is when it becomes very dangerous because we're actually living by the world's system. The scripture that we mentioned about that is 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 to 10. It says, you've been raised on the message of the faith and have followed sound teaching. Now pass on this counsel to the followers of Jesus there and you'll be a good servant of Jesus. Stay clear of silly stories that get dressed up as religion. Exercise daily in God. No spiritual flabbiness, please. Workouts in the gymnasium are useful, but a disciplined life in God is far more so, making you fit both today and forever. You can count on this. Take it 
to heart. This is why we've thrown ourselves into the venture so totally we're banking on the living God, savior of all men, women, especially believers. So our belief system has to be solidly based upon the word. And we have to do all we can to guard ourselves from the, the things of this world where it can seek to infiltrate, where it can seek to mess our belief systems. The scripture that we, the other scripture that we used was that we're to set our minds on things above. And it takes effort. We've got to be deliberate. We've got to set and fix our minds on things above. The third thing that we mentioned was that we've lost your passion for Christ. And then we mentioned that when we first came to Christ, we was like so on fire. We would do absolutely anything. You know, like when you first get in love with somebody, it's like you would do all you can to make sure that they know that you are in love with them. And I gave the, the example, I never forget, I was so, so passionate for Christ. I remember I had my school uniform on, right? And I used to go on the, you know, the Vic, Victoria Line train. So I used to go to school in Tottenham, but I was a South Londoner. Imagine that. Yeah, I know, although I know you're surprised. But never mind. <laughs> but I had tracks with me. And as the people were sitting down, I was giving them tracks. Wow. I was, after, when, I, when I look back, that was zeal. I was on the tube, give it with my burgundy blazer, with the big John Loughborough badge. You know, it's, I was giving out the leaflets. And I was, when I looked, that was passion. I was like, wow. When I, when I was thinking about that, like now, I said, boy, Lord, help me. <laughs> Lord, help me. That's passion for Christ. But when I, uh, so this is why I'm saying, when I was looking back at this, these things, I was saying, Lord, I need help. I need help. When we look back at this, and then we look at what the scripture says in Revelations chapter 2 and verse 5, it says, but I have this against you, that you've abandoned the love you had at first the love that you had at first. So the love that we had in the beginning was different to at that time. So it changed. It shifted. The Ephesian church didn't have the love that they had in the beginning. And it shifted. And then it goes on to say how the way how to resolve it is to remember and to repent. Remember 
where you was last with your relationship. Remember where God took you from. Remember how zealous you was. And then repent. Change. Change from that stance of how you used to live. Uh, how you're living. We mentioned that in the Ephesian church, that Ephesian church does, no long, does not exist anymore. And in Turkey, where the Ephesian church existed, is dominated by Islam because the candle was removed. Pray that the Lord will really help us in how we conduct our lives. Because you know, it's when the way how you can actually tell when you really love the Lord, be, let's just be straight with love, is, 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 is by your outward action, how you, you conduct yourself. That's the bottom line. When I want to show love to my wife, I have to do an outward act. Just ask, this, is, this is how it is. This is. There's no other way to show the love. You, you can say, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. We have to show an outward act because that's like the barometer. That's like the way how it could be measured. And when we actually do the act of love, then Christ can see that. But we're about to see it's not just about the love that we need. And that's important. Let me just, get, let me just add that. Love is important that we have for Christ, that we're really passionate about him. Because as I mentioned, in the book of Deuteronomy, we need to love the Lord, our God, with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength. And that is the first and the great commandment. And we should love our neighbors as ourselves, as it speaks of in the Gospels. And then number four is, that, is, is this, another sign of us losing our identity is when we seek the approval from the world. The Pharisees often wanted approval from men. The Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 6, how they stood in the marketplaces making sure that people can see them praying so that they can receive the applaud and the praises of men rather than receiving praise from God. When this is the case, then we're being deceived into thinking that receiving the praises from men is temporal and it doesn't last. What we should be seeking is the, is the applaud and the praise from heaven. So our motives is what is going to be examined. You know, when, when, we, when the Lord comes, the Bible says everything's going to be all naked and bare on that day. And we are going to have to give an account. And the thing what's going to happen is all of our works that we've done is going to go through the fire. And then when, as it goes through the fire, our motives is going to see. If our motives is good, then it will be a great result. 
If it's not, then it will all burn up. Then we won't be rewarded for those works. So what the key thing of what I'm saying here is, look, make sure that whatever we are doing, we are doing it for him. We don't need to look to try and compare ourselves with anyone or get the approval or the, the blessing of men or get the praise of men. But we need to get the praise and the approval from heaven because that's the one that's going to last. That's the one that's going to last. The part that I really I wanted to really jump to today is really quite key because along with everything else, but I believe that it really complements the one that I mentioned about loving the Lord. At number five is this. The sign of us losing our identity in Christ, a lack of the fear of the Lord, a lack of the fear of the Lord. The Bible says that the fear of, in Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, arrogance, and the evil way. And the perverse mouth I hate. And the fear of the Lord is not natural fear. It's not the kind of fear that we would experience in situations. I remember when we was in, our, in, in the other house. And we, Mel and I was watching something. And then all of a sudden, what's that? Hey, what's that? What are you talking about? I'm watching the TV. She says, what's that? I said, oh, what? Oh, she goes, there it goes together. Hey, there's a mouse in the house. <laughs> and I was tired. You know, like you did, oh, oh my goodness. The last thing I want to be doing is running around the house looking for a mouse. I want to go to bed. Anyway. That's not the type of fear we need, we're talking about here today. And the fear of God is not fearing man. So you know like you have someone who's very big and muscular. And as you approach them, you think, oh my goodness, you feel intimidated. That is not the fear of God. And then it's not being afraid of God that, let me stop there, because I, I wanted to stop at that point, because I need to get, I just realized the time, and I want to finish this, but fearing God means that we have a reverence for him, we have a great, and it has a great impact on the way that we conduct our lives, when you have a fear and a reverence for God, you want to ensure that you conduct your, your, your life, you conduct your thoughts, you conduct your manner that will honor him, that will please him. 
In fact, fearing the Lord is respecting and obeying him in whatever he he asks you to do. Jesus, our ultimate example, displayed ultimate fear and reverence because he held God in such high esteem and to the point that he was just here for his master's business. I'll just really cut to the chase because I realize I don't have much. Is it five minutes I have? Okay. So in five minutes, the fear of God is really important because when we have the love of God, which is great, but we equally need the fear of God, it's like you have a coin, heads and tails. For it to be effective, you need both. If you have one removed, it's not valid. We need the fear of God and we need the love of God. And both will keep us in balance. Because when you, you see, you can love the Lord, but then you can love him, but not fear him in the way that you should. You may say, well, if you love me, you'd, you'd, you, you know, you'd do what he says. But true fear, where you would reverence and honor him, like Jesus did. He loved God, but he also feared. As it says in the book of Hebrews, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. God is a God that we have to reverence, that we have to fear. So it's, it's good that we love him, but we must reverence him. We must fear him. We must honor him. We must show the reverence in our action. Because remember, our love is displayed by that barometer of the heart. You remember, man looks in the outward. But God looks in the heart. So the barometer of the heart and then our actions all correlate. Because that is where the Lord is seeing that this one, they fear me. And remember, these people that actually walk in the fear of the Lord, that's who the Lord is wanting to reveal his secrets to, you know. If you want to have secrets mentioned to you by the Lord, fear him. Fear him. If you want to be trusted by the Lord, walk in reverence before him. Walk in honor before him. And walk in humility. Because the Bible says that God resisteth the proud, but gives Grace to the humble. I want us to pray right now. I want us to pray and ask the Lord to help us today. I realize that I had to go over a few things to help us just to be reminded. But I'm praying that God would have spoken to your heart 
And I'm going to pray for you here for any aspect that really touched or spoke to you. And I'm going to ask the, the, the Lord to just intervene and to help all of us. Father, we come before you today. And we pray, Father, for every person, not only physically here, all those on YouTube, all those on Zoom, all those on Facebook, Every person, Lord, who heard this word today, Father, I'm praying that as the word, Father, we thank you that as the word has gone in, Father, we pray that you will help us to change, to remember and to repent of the things that we need to, that will change where we need to, that we'll respond as we need to before you. Lord, as we have looked at the signs of us losing our identity, we pray that you will help us to be zealous of good works, to love you with all our hearts, but Father, to have a fear and a reverence for you. And Lord, that we'll seek the approval, your approval at all times and do it to honor you. I pray for every person here and every person, Lord, virtually. Pray for your strength, for your hand, for your spirit to continue to touch and minister life to each individual. Thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen.